wonderful to see you in the house today. And uh, I, I miss those other 200 people that were here last week. <laughs> and I'll tell you, all the, the last couple of days, our phone has rang, and family after family after family, Pastor, we're not going to be there Sunday. And uh, I know where they're all at, but we are so honored, so thankful that you're here today. And we just call you blessed. I am just so uh, overjoyed and blessed to have a dear friend, classmate, Eleanor, in the house with us today. She was here Wednesday night, and such an honor. Amen. We welcome you this morning. So glad you're here. And um, God is just so good to us. Now, did y'all happen to know, did you know, if you didn't, I'm going to tell you. Last week, we talked about the resurrection. Did you know Jesus is still alive this week? And it amazing we talk about the resurrection. We, we, we have the empty cross here, and uh, we celebrate Easter, and then we move on to a lot of other things. But today, I want to talk to you about what happened between the cross, between the resurrection and the ascension. There's some important things. There's some things that Jesus said that we need to get. There's some things that happened that I think are significant uh, before he returned. So, we know the story. Jesus was crucified. He died for you and I, our sins. And they were nailed to the cross. I mean, he descended into hell, took the keys of death and hell back, stripped Satan of his power, and rose again. Not just him, but he brought captivity, out of captivity, all those that had been alive from the beginning, that trusted and had faith and followed, and he brought them out of paradise on their way to heaven. But when they resurrected, the Bible says many of them appeared to their loved ones and their family members. And I don't know about you, I mean, I drive by the, 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 the cemetery every now and then, where my mom and daddy and granny and uncle and cousin and all that, and I say hi, but if they knock on my door, I think I'm going out the back. But many of them came alive back with Jesus, and they appeared to family and friends before they ascended. But Jesus, resurrection morning, Mary, the other ladies, they didn't get to do all the things they wanted to do, the ceremonial uh, uh, spices and things, and they're going to the grave, and they're having the conversation, who is going to roll the stone away? Have you ever wondered who's going to do the difficult things in your life? Who is going to do the impossible who is going to move that stone for you? How am I going to proceed further? I, I know I want to honor God. I know I want to do what God's called me to do. But I don't know how that's going to happen. How am I going to move that big heavy rock? And then they get there and it's already been done. Can I tell you this morning? The difficult thing that you're worried about, God is already doing it. He's already making a way where there seemed to be no way. He's already said, I go before you to make the crooked places straight. He can roll every stone out of your way, take every difficulty, and give you access 
into the presence of God. They get there. The stone's been rolled away. An angel is sitting on the stone. And he says, he's not here. He's risen. Why, why, why are you looking, searching for the living among the dead? Why are you looking in the wrong places? Why are you looking for love in all the wrong places? It seems like I've heard that somewhere before. Why are you searching when all you're looking for is in a resurrected Savior? You're looking at the one who not only spoke and gave life, but now is living. Don't be looking in the cemetery for the one that is alive and well. Look, he's not there. Mary, so upset. She wanted, she loved Jesus. She had been blessed. Her life had been radically changed. Her past had been forgiven. And she just wanted to honor him. She's weeping. And then a man appeared. She thought it was the gardener. And she said, sir, could you just tell me where they've taken now, I think this is very key and very important that we just have a little glimpse of this scripture. And I, I, I'm bringing all the gospels in. I'm going to read it in just a moment. Uh, but, but I'm just throwing this whole story as we talk about resurrection to ascension. All the things that happened. And so the angel came. The guards are knocked down. They finally come back to their senses and to consciousness. And they see the stone rolled and the body is gone and they had been placed there by orders and the stone had been sealed and it was under the penalty of death to leave your post and but they had allowed this to happen and they go and they tell the religious leaders they tell what happened we're guarding the stone an angel appeared. The ground shook. And they describe the stone is rolled. And then he's gone. He's resurrected. But the religious leaders did not want that story to be told. You, you ever notice how, the, how people like to spin things? Of course, the media and politicians, they would never do things like that. You know what? They've been doing that forever. And they heard that story, and they said, that can't get out. And they bribed, they paid those guards to tell a different story. They said, we need you to tell that the disciples came and stole his body at night. And the Bible says that that story was told, and the Jews, many Jews believed it, and it's still told today. I'm telling you, you can tell a lie and it'll spread like wildfire. No matter the truth comes out and stands before you, there are some people that'll still believe it. But Mary is standing there and she's weeping. She's lost the one she loved and he's gone. And she sees this man and she says, Could you just tell me where they've taken him? And Jesus speaks one word. 
Mary. She recognizes that voice. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. He said, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to the Father. We don't have time to get into all that. He was the perfect sacrifice. Even when the priests would go in, they would slaughter them. They'd take the blood to the mercy seat and they would put it on the four horns of the altar for the forgiveness of sins for the people for a year. Jesus became our lamb. He became the ultimate sacrifice and he took his blood back to heaven to the mercy seat that the Bible says is there in the presence of God. And his blood covers our sins forever but he took a moment can I tell you how important you are that he would take a moment on his way back to heaven on his way because somebody's heart was hurting because somebody loved him because he wanted someone to not be disappointed. Because he wanted to reveal himself. Because he wanted somebody to know that he was alive and well. And that he could do the impossible. And he stopped and spoke her name. I'm telling this morning, he wants to speak your name. He wants to stop and talk to you. He wants to call you. He wants to change your life. He wants to give you a revelation of who he is. He wants you to know that he is no longer dead but he is alive and he is able to do the impossible amen he loves you he loves you and he cares about you enough to call you by name he tells her go tell my disciples things start happening. They're moving fast. And we're going to read just a little bit here this morning out of the book of John. Uh, if you'll go to chapter John chapter 20. And let's just talk a little bit. So we've talked about the, the beginning of chapter 20 and uh, he was speaking to Mary and then he's going to talk to some of his disciples. We're going to pick up the story in, in chapter in verse number 19 of chapter 20. And the Bible says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Can I, can I just tell you, you can't lock Jesus out. People try to lock him out. They try to lock him out of their house, their homes, their lives, their, their nations, their countries. We try to lock him out of the schools. We're trying to lock him out of everything in government. Let's get the name of Jesus. Let's get everything. You cannot lock Jesus out. He can show up where he wants to, how he wants to, when he wants to, and reveal himself to who he wants to. And he's doing it all over. But uh, suddenly he appeared and he said, Peace be with you. He said, as, I, as he spoke, he showed them his wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. And then the scripture goes on, and I'll just tell you this story. There was one disciple... 
And before we are too harsh, I would say you and I identify more with him than some of the others. Because I hear it all the time. I won't, I, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. You know what? Nowadays, you can't hardly believe it when you see it. Especially on Facebook, on TV, on the news. They can airbrush, they can add, they can do everything, they manipulate. The other day I saw a picture. It was a man running and a man behind him with a knife. But the way they framed it, the man running was like this. And it looked like his foot was the knife aimed at the other guy. And then it comes out and then you see the truth and it said kind of how things are spun. People can make things look like anything and manipulate. We're so quick to believe a lie and dismiss the truth and all of a sudden the disciples said, we saw him, we saw Jesus, he talked to us. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Now, he must have had a really good relationship with the other disciples because basically what he said is, y'all are all a bunch of liars. I mean, pretty much the majority of you, if you told me something, I'd believe you. Y'all didn't get that, did you? No, all of you. I'm not going to believe you. I, I, you got to prove it. I got to see it. I got to put my fingers in his hand. I, I, I've got to touch his side. I, I, I've got to experience it. He began to say, I'm not going to believe it. Eight days later, this is verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, You mean Jesus hears what I say to my friends in secret? Jesus reads my Facebook page. Jesus sees my Instagram. My tweets. Did you know that not only all of that, he knows the very desires of your heart. He knows your secret thoughts. He appears to him again and he looks and says, Hey, Thomas, good to see you. And then he says, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Church, we have had so many miracles just this week. Can I tell you, don't be faithless any longer. Believe what God 
God does for one, He'll do for another. Cody said it. He doesn't love me any more than you. He doesn't love this church any more than another church. He just honors obedience. Believe. But look what he said. Oh, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Can I ask you this morning, has anyone here actually seen Jesus in flesh? Have you touched the prince in his hand? Did you get to put your hand in his pure side? But can I ask you this? How many believe? You know what Jesus just said about you? You're more blessed than Thomas. I'm more blessed than Thomas because I didn't get to see it, yet I still believe it. Well, Jesus goes on. He did all kind of miracles. He did that. I mean, he's having a heyday. He's having, he's appearing. They're seeing him. He's walking with the two on the road to Emmaus. I love that story. They're sad. They're walking along and they're talking about all the events that happened. And Jesus said, and they begin to tell him all about Jesus, how he was crucified. And Jesus is just walking along, listening to them. I can just see him going, oh, really? That really happened. And they killed him, you don't say. And then the Bible says they got to their house and it was evening. And they told him, stranger, don't, don't, don't go on. It's dangerous to travel. Would you just stay and spend the night with us? You can eat supper with us. He said, okay. And then they sat down, and he's the guest. And they, you know, as we do when we have guests sometimes, would you like to pray and bless the meal? And the Bible says when Jesus prayed, their eyes were opened, and they realized it was him, and poof, he was gone. <laughs> I mean, Jesus has a sense of humor. I love it. And the Bible says, listen, they had walked for miles from where they were to their house. And they had just told him, don't travel at night, it's dangerous. But the Bible says the moment that he disappeared and they realized it was Jesus, they jumped up from the table and they went all the way back the miles they traveled at night to find the disciples and tell them, we saw him! He appeared to us! And you know what they said? Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us? by the way while he opened to us the scriptures because as he told them as he was walking he told them all this had to happen it was just prophecy being fulfilled their eyes were open well we're going to jump over to chapter 21 this is the last chapter of John and I want to cover this last story did you know that God will give you opportunity to undo your mistakes sometime. How many, how many would like to undo some things you've done? Now listen, I, I, I'm, so, I'm just so ready. I, I know they can do it, and, and they're already doing it. It's already happening. But I just can't wait till it's just full-fledged, all-in, and, and very available. They need every text, email, uh, 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 Facebook, everything. They need a, just a little button. You send it. And immediately, 
I take that back. How many ever sent something you wish you could take back? One person. Bless you, my child. Everyone else, just perfect, never made a mistake. Y'all need to go to another church. It's a church full of people that need Jesus. Thank God he gives us a chance to undo some things. Peter loved Jesus, followed Jesus, told Jesus, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. And then Jesus gets arrested. Peter jumps to his rescue, cuts off the guy's ear. He was aiming for his head. I truly believe that. The guy ducked and he just got the ear. Because Peter meant it when he said, Lord, I'll follow you. You mean it when you tell him that. I know you love him. We Nobody plans to fail or must sin or, or mess up. But it happens. Because we're human. Peter made that declaration. And now, Peter is right there by the fire. There's Jesus. And somebody says, hey, aren't you a disciple? No, no, no not, not me. Someone else said, yeah, 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 you're speaking. You sound like one, one, one of them disciples. And, oh, no, no, I don't know him. And, you know, let's throw in a few cuss words. And let's get, ooh, blankety blank. That ain't one of them crazy Christian people, Jesus followers. I don't know him. And Jesus had already told him, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Well, three times. He said, no, I don't know him. I, I'm not part of that group. Out of fear. And all of a sudden, the rooster crowed. And Jesus turns and he looks at him. And the Bible says, Peter goes out and he weeps bitterly. So I'm going to tell you something. You have two choices in failure. We all fail. All we fail come short of the glory of God. We sin. We're human. But you have two choices. You see, Judas, too, failed. Judas, too, betrayed Christ. And Judas also could have been forgiven. Had he only waited until Jesus resurrected, Jesus would have said, where's Judas? Judas, I love you. I forgive you. Judas, too, could have been a, remained a disciple. He, too, could have preached the gospel. He, too, could have had miracles happen. But see, he went out and took matters in his own hand because he felt so empty, so hurt, so uh, uh, guilty, so much condemnation that I blew it, I made a mistake, Jesus doesn't love me, God hates me, my life can never amount to anything, there's no hope for me. And he went out and he killed himself. He took his own life. He hung himself. He didn't give himself opportunity to be forgiven, to be restored. Peter went out. He wept bitterly. He was sorry. Yet, he didn't take his life. He said he didn't want to, he was a disciple. And he wasn't worthy. He said, I'm going back to my old lifestyle. I'm going back to being a fisherman. He was leaving the ministry. 
He was walking away from everything he knew and taught because he felt unworthy also. He felt like he wasn't deserving. And when Jesus resurrected, he said, Tell my disciples. What if he'd have stopped there? You see, Peter no longer felt like a disciple. He had betrayed him. Now, you have to understand, in this culture, the way it worked, a rabbi would choose followers, or they would choose him, and what that meant is that you wanted, you desired to be like that rabbi. Dress like them, talk like them, walk like them, do everything, and you wanted to become like them. But if you betrayed them, the relationship was severed, and there was no forgiveness. There was no undoing it. You were done. They never spoke to you again. This was culture. This was the way it worked. This is what Peter knew. He was the rabbi. Jesus said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Peter was trying to live a life to be like Jesus. And now Peter failed his rabbi, and he felt the relationship was severed, and there was no forgiveness. How many people feel today? I, I started out, I, I, I love Jesus, I gave him my heart, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to live for him, I, I'm trying to do what's right, but then I made a mistake. And now I can no longer follow him, he doesn't love me, I, I'm not worthy of forgiveness. And Jesus said, tell my disciples and Peter. Now, had Judas not taken those drastic measures, he, there's no doubt in my mind, he would have said, tell my disciples and Peter and Judas. But Peter heard that Jesus was alive, and Peter ran to the tomb. And he was there, he looked in, and he saw him gone. And, but I'm not worthy. I, 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 I've got to pull away. Guys, y'all go do what God's called you to do. I'm going to go back to my old life because I'm not worthy. Tell my disciples and Peter. And now then, they're out in the boat fishing. They're out on the Sea of Galilee, okay? And they see this man on the seashore. Now, the Sea of Galilee is just a lake. The Romans called any body of water a sea. We hear sea, we think ocean. The Sea of Galilee is a small lake that you can see side to side. It's pretty long. When Jesus was praying up on the mountain, if it's small enough that he was praying, you can look down and see the sea. He could see them in turmoil. They're out there fishing, and Jesus is on the bank and says, Hey, guys, have you caught any fish? And they said, No. He says, Hey, why don't you throw it on the other side? Y'all heard that before? See, they, that, this miracle had been done before. They were with him. Uh, this was the beginning of the ministry. And now then, he does the same thing again. Hey, why don't you put it on the other side? 
They throw it on the other side. Their nets full of fish. And they said, Woo! That must be the Lord. How many has ever seen things and God done things and you go, That had to be God. There ain't nobody else could do that. We know that mirror. We know that pattern. We know the one that does that. I mean, we know the one that creates fish on the other side. That's the Lord. They take off to the bank. Peter puts on his tunic. He had taken it off to fish. And they get to the bank. And Jesus already has fish and bread on the fire. Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't need your provision. He already has it. But he told them, hey, go ahead and bring what you have too. He wants us to do our part. But he already has it prepared. And then they're sitting there. I wanted to show you, uh, when we were in Israel, uh, we had opportunity to stand in this spot. We got opportunity to see this rock. Jesus had this fish and, and bread prepared, and they're on this rock, and, and here the, the Sea of Galilee is. And uh, I, I can just show you. Let's look at a sea. So they built a church on the site now. That is the Sea of Galilee. So you can see across it to the other side. And there's that big rock right there. And that's right off the shore. And it goes on into inside the church. And what Jesus tell Peter? Upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, he wasn't just talking about that church. He's talking about the church. Oh, there was a, something swimming in the Sea of Galilee. There's the rock inside the church. Now, can, can, can you imagine? Think about it just a second. Peter comes up out of the water. He walks, and there's this big rock. Jesus has fish and bread, and all the other disciples come, and they bring their fish, and they're all cooking it around the fire, and they're talking. They're so excited. Jesus, you're alive. It's awesome. Peter's still feeling kind of unworthy. I, I, Lord, why would you call my name? Why, why, you, you know what I've done. And let, Let's go to that next picture. This is kind of a picture of the church. It was, Showing him there and keep keep going. Um, here's another one. Oh, hey, here's a video. And we the Sea of Galilee, which is right where Jesus made breakfast for the disciples after the resurrection. Right on this rock, they built this church right on the rock. This is where Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? Check this lady out at the end in the Sea of Galilee. Oh, there's Sister Tracy. Walking right where Jesus walked. There's that, that's it. That exact shore. Those waters that Jesus walked on. That Peter comes up out of and they're eating fish and bread off that rock. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter... Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? How many times did Peter deny Christ? Jesus said, do you love me? Yes. Second time, Peter, do you love me? 
Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told Peter, follow me. What did Jesus tell Peter when he called him? Follow me. And then Peter sins and fails and messes up. And Jesus gives him opportunity. Three times you messed up. Three times you can tell me you love me. But you know where the real test comes in? It's not in saying you love him. It's will you follow him. Will you do what he's called you to do? Now, we know the story, the rest of the story. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, is in the upper room, gets filled with the Holy Ghost, where he wouldn't even around a little fire say he was one of them amongst a few people, stands up on the day of Pentecost with thousands and preaches the gospel. 3,000 get saved and the church is birthed. And Peter begins to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and do signs and wonders and miracles so much that even his shadow touches people and they're healed. That's a big difference from where Peter came from, feeling undone and unworthy because of past and, and failures and mistakes. But he allowed Jesus to forgive him. And then he continued to follow him. Today... Don't let your past define you. Don't let your mistakes define you. Don't let your disobedience define you. Get up, repent, and continue to follow Jesus. And then, I have a very important part to preach to you here. I love this part. This part's not preached on very much. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved. Now, who's that? John. Whose book is this? Who's writing this book? I love it. John writes, Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved. At himself. And the one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Now, I want you to get this picture. Here, Jesus is trying to give Peter an opportunity to repent, to get up, to move on with his life. And Peter turns around and sees John and says, hey, what about him? Oh, I love this. Are y'all ready? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. 
So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive, what is that to you? Pastor, what, 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 is, what, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is mind your own business. Jesus said, Peter, you've messed up. You've made mistakes. You've failed. I'm granting you forgiveness. Follow me. And Peter said, what about him? And Jesus said, what is it to you? If I want him to live, He'll live. If I want him to die, he'll die. Let him mind his business. You mind your business. As far as you're concerned, just follow me. I'm going to tell you something. I do it all the time. Well, Lord, what about Pastor Marcello? Lord, Lord, what about Amy? What about them? And what about them? And the Lord just says, mind your own business. I take care of them. You take care of you. You just follow me. Listen, if you're following Jesus, if your eyes are on Jesus, if you're doing what he's called you to do, you're not going to be worried about what everybody else is doing. You're not going to get them to heaven. Don't let them keep you from doing what God's called you to do. Keep your eyes on Him and stop looking around at what everybody else is doing. Let me just say it one more time like Jesus said it. What is that to you? So the next time you find yourself asking, what about them? I want you to hear my words. What is that to you? You take care of you. You follow Jesus. Amen? Well, this disciple is the one who testifies these events and recorded them. Jesus also did many things that were written down. I suppose the world couldn't contain the books that it would be written. Now, Acts chapter 1. Are you ready? Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. He appeared to Jesus, um, to Mary. He appeared to Thomas and the group. He appeared to this one. He did all these things. I mean, time is moving on. He gives Peter opportunity to be restored and calls him a fresh calling to follow him. And then, the Bible says, once, and this is verse 4, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and time. They are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and into the ends of the earth. Jesus once again gave them a command, his last command. 
go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, in a few days, you're going to receive the promise of the Father. It's important that I go away. But if I go away, I'll send you another comforter. And then look what happened. Verse number 9. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. As they strained, everybody say strained, to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And we are living in those kind of days. When you look at all Jesus said in these days, wars, rumors of war, famine, pestilence, all these things. Listen, we're, we're living in the generation. When will it be? What's going to be the day? What's going to be the... He said, the dates and times is not for you. Listen, you know the times and the season. And just be ready. But stop just staring into heaven. Saying, what now? You know what now. Jesus just told you what now. Go ye into all the world... And preach the gospel. Go to your school. Go to your job. Go to your family. Start right where you're at. And then go to Africa. Go here. Go there. Go wherever God's calling you to go. But do what he told Peter to do. Just follow me. And if you'll do what he's called you to do. And it wasn't a few days. Acts chapter 2. And that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind, in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there appeared as a cloud from heaven, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared cloven tongues of fire, split tongues of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they began to declare the good news and the gospel. And everybody around there in all different language heard them speaking in their particular language, declaring the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And thousands were saved, and the church was birthed, and the disciples followed Jesus, and they all died horrible deaths. And we live today going, well, I hope everybody likes me. I don't want to offend anybody by telling them they need Jesus. People are going to be offended. Jesus said they hated me, they killed me, they're going to do the same thing to you. Don't be offended, but don't stop telling people about Jesus. If you walk by and see someone drowning and you have a life preserver... You're not going to stand there and go, well, you know, I don't really want to offend them by throwing this life preserver. You know, they might say, why are you throwing that at me? Come on. Throw the life preserver. Now, whose job is it to grab it? It's theirs. But Lord, don't let me be guilty of standing by someone and not telling them the truth not giving them the lifeline, 
not telling them about the goodness of God. How good, how gracious, how merciful, how loving, and how forgiving our Savior is. Now, He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the grave. But the Bible says He ascended into heaven and He took His place seated at the right hand of the Father praying for you and I. Make an intercession. And He is coming again. Are you living like it? Are you preparing for it? Are you following Him daily? Are you reading your word? Are you reading His love letter to you? Are you sharing the gospel in Jesus with people? I'm telling you, we need... You know what we're doing mostly? Y'all want me to be honest? You know what we're do, mostly doing in the church? Lord, what about Him? What about that church? What about them? What about this? What about? And Jesus says, what's that to you? Just follow me. Father, thank you. Oh, Lord, we've celebrated your resurrection. We've celebrated, Lord, that, that you came back to life. That same spirit dwells in us. But today, you're showing us there's mercy after failure. We haven't seen it, yet we believe. We put our faith in you. Lord, I pray for that one that's been living under condemnation and the devil's been telling them you're not worthy you can't do what God's called you to do because you made a mistake you failed you just need to quit and give up Lord I thank you today for giving them a fresh calling and telling them follow me Lord I want to ask for your forgiveness forgive me that I, I, I've been looking at other people saying what about them why don't they do what they're supposed to do? Why aren't they serving God? Why aren't they? Lord, forgive me and help me to mind my own business. Help me to just say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And if they follow you, thank God. But I can't make them. Help me to be an example. Lord, help me to receive your forgiveness because you're offering it. I receive a fresh call. And Lord... I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost that empowers us to preach the gospel. And Lord, thank you that you one day you're coming again. Let me be ready. Let me be telling as many people. Let me be spreading the gospel. Let me be sending missionaries. Let me do my part until it's my time. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and there's one person if there's one person here today that you say pastor man I feel like Peter I failed I messed up I, 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 I'm not doing what I need to be doing I kind of went back to my old life because I, I didn't feel like I was worthy to do what God called me to do but today I want to receive a fresh calling I want to hear Jesus say to me follow me there's mercy. There's forgiveness after failure. I want to hear him say my name. And I want to tell him I love him. If that's you, 
Would you just slip your hand up? Let me pray over you. Yes, 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 yes. All over this building. Those of you watching online today, maybe you feel like that. You feel like you, you, you don't even go to church anymore because somebody failed you. You failed. Somebody disappointed you. But I'm telling you, it wasn't Jesus. Today, He loves you. His mercy is great. He's forgiven you right there where you're at. All you've got to do is just say, Lord, I love you. And let Him restore you and follow Him again. Father, I just thank you for these that are in the house every hand lifted just pray with me right there in your heart say dear Lord Jesus thank you for another chance I failed you I made a mistake many I've sinned but I thank you for calling my name today thank you for giving me another opportunity to do what you've called me to do Today, I accept Jesus' forgiveness. Come on, just receive it. I receive forgiveness. You've been so hard on yourself. Others have forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself. Allow Jesus to forgive you today and receive that forgiveness and forgive yourself. If He's not holding against you, why should you? He loves you. He wants you to follow Him. I receive forgiveness. And today, Jesus, I will follow you. Come on, everybody in this house, make this declaration with me. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Lord, thank you for giving Peter opportunity to make up for those mistakes. And today, you give me opportunity to recover. I receive your grace, receive your mercy, receive your forgiveness, and I will. Last declaration, say it with me. I will follow Jesus. Father, I thank you. As these have made that declaration, today their sins are forgiven. That past is forgiven. Father, that mistake, that sin, that disappointment. Oh, God, that, 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 uh, you, you, everything that they are, have allowed to eat at them and torment them. That betrayal, you've forgiven them. Now release them from the guilt and shame of it. And let them rise up and follow you. Fill them with the precious power of the Holy Spirit. Empower them right now. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus breathed on them. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today, let your people receive that gift. Empower them to follow you and to be testimonies of your faithfulness. And Father... Let us walk in miracles. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Shout for joy, somebody.